Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said that a long time ago. But what does it mean for us to serve the Lord? To serve a Lord in this chaotic culture is, is difficult because the Lord seems so hard to find. If you can't see the Lord, if you can't hear the Lord, what then is the Lord? Who then is the Lord? Well, we are about to find out in the 8th chapter of Mark, verses 27 through 38. Hear the word of God. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then... He began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said this all quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things but on human things. And he called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Who do people say that I am? When it comes to who Jesus is, people have a variety of understandings to his identity. The Church of Christ parishioner sees Jesus differently than the AME parishioner, who sees Jesus differently from the California evangelical, who sees Jesus differently from the New England congregationalist, who sees Jesus differently than, say, a congregant from Westminster Presbyterian Church. Well, who's right? Well, I think many of the greatest scholars of all time agree with me when I say we are. Oh, there are lots of different answers to who Jesus is. Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say one of the prophets. But there's only one winning answer, and Peter has it. You are the Messiah. Ding, 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 ding. But this is Mark's gospel. In Matthew's gospel, Peter gets a prize for having Jesus be the Messiah, the right answer. Blessed are you, Peter. Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, but in Mark's gospel, Jesus has a stern, a stern, a stern response. He orders them sternly not to tell a soul. Don't tell a soul. 
which makes Jesus probably the most unusual Messiah in the history of Messiahs. Because most Messiahs can't wait for you to tell folks that you've found a Messiah. Most Messiahs send you an envelope in the mail, and in the envelope there's an envelope so that you can put money in the envelope so that the Messiah can have your money to be the Messiah. Messiahs need a lot of people, a super majority of people, because for a Messiah, winning is everything. Win, 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 win. Do you remember that saying long ago? It's not a how, it's not whether you win or, see, I forgot the saying, it's so long ago. It's not whether you win or lose, but... Yeah, you still remember it. How you play the game. But aside from Vanderbilt football fans, I mean, who... Sorry, just checking to see if you're listening. Winning is everything. Messiahs are born to win. Just ask the angels of Luke's gospel, and he shall reign forever and ever, forever and ever, forever and ever. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Messiah lets the world know. We got a winner. But in Mark's gospel, Jesus sternly, 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 sternly orders them not to tell a soul. Why? Maybe he wants everyone to come to one's own conclusion about the identity. No peer pressure. No coercion. No You make up your own mind as to just who I am. Why did he say it? I don't know. Maybe he knows that the hardest thing about being a Messiah is living into the name of Messiah. Because everyone has a different need from a Messiah. And throughout history... Messiahs have had a difficult time living into the name Messiah. They start out great, but after a while, the poles just kind of diminish, and they forget, and they don't want, and they reject. You can just ask that sad, sad Cleopas on the road to Emmaus, who said to the stranger, Oh, and we had so hoped that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. That's what we wanted in the Messiah, to redeem Israel. Jesus Sternly, sternly, sternly ordered them to not tell a soul. 
And then he said, this is who I am. The Son of Man must undergo great suffering, loser, and be rejected by the powers that be, the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, loser, and be killed, loser, 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 loser. And that is all that Peter could hear. He's following a loser, which makes him a loser. Jesus, you're wrong. Can you imagine telling Jesus he's wrong? If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Can you imagine telling Jesus he's wrong? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Can you imagine telling Jesus he's wrong? Do not store up treasures on earth. Can you imagine telling Jesus he's wrong? Maybe we don't have to imagine. You know, when we tell Jesus he's wrong... What we're doing is we're insisting that we are, we are the God. Over the God. Peter said, Jesus, you're wrong. You can't lose. We lift up a cross, but we lift up a cross of victory. You know, when I was interviewing with this church, I thought it was interesting that uh, the logo for the church that was on the website, that was on the, the bus, that's on the envelopes, that's on the floor of the sanctuary, is the Jerusalem cross. I was surprised because that cross was the flag of the crusaders. That is to say, the armies of people who marched from Europe to Jerusalem to win some land for God, for Jesus. On July 15, 1099, the wall of Jerusalem was finally breached, and the Crusaders stormed the city, and for two days the Crusaders massacred the inhabitants and stormed the city. The Jerusalem cross. Winners they were for a while, but then the first crusade was followed by the second crusade, which was followed by the third crusade, which was followed by the fourth crusade, followed by the fifth crusade, followed by the sixth crusade. And they had a few more crusades before they finally put that cross away. There are lots of reasons why I love the Jerusalem cross. It has a sense of evangelism going out to the four corners of the world with a good word of love and grace and hope. There are lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is, you know, sometimes we have to put our own sin of how we use a cross on a cross. 
and a cross be a reminder of our sin. Christians throughout history have taken the cross and used it for their own needs. Nazis twisted it into a swastika. The Ku Klux Klan lit it on fire to say how pure we are. We will win. We will win. We will win. Jesus said the Son of Man must undergo great suffering. Loser! And be crucified. Loser! And die. Loser! Loser, loser, loser. That's all Peter could hear. He's following a loser, which makes Peter loser. Jesus, you've got it all wrong. Winning is everything. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus says it with passion. As if he's been there before. As if he's seen the tempter himself. As if he knows that the temptation of God is to be God. To live. To live. And not die, not sacrifice. No, Jesus said, Listen, if anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let them deny themselves and take up their cross. He doesn't say my cross. He doesn't need a hand with his cross. Take up your cross. Sacrifice yourself. Look, I, over the last few days, I watched those 9-11 videos again. I didn't want to, but I got sucked back in. And the thing that stands out isn't the fire, isn't the buildings crashing down, isn't the despicable hatred of life. No, the thing that stands out are the people who sacrifice, who look not to their own interests, but I'm, I'm continually reminded of those firefighters walking up those steps when everybody else is coming down. I'm reminded by anyone who in that smoke and fire sticks out a hand, listens for a voice, and doesn't care, Republican, Democrat, masked, unmasked, black, white, gay, whatever it is, I am here for you. Grab my hand. And if we get out, well and good. But if we die, we die together. And there's this moment of love that reverberates forever and ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So take up your cross. It's what it's about. It's what it's all about. Your cross may be anger at someone that eats at your soul. Can you lift that anger up and just crucify it? Let go. It's killing you. Live 
It might be the frustration you have because you can't control a blessed thing in this world. Not anymore. Crucify it. It might be the contempt you have for another because they don't see the world as you see it. Crucify. It's not about winning. It may be your fear. And your fear may be losing. The Son of Man must undergo great suffering, loser, and be rejected by the powers that be, the chief priests, the scribes, loser, and be killed, loser, loser, loser. And that's all Peter could hear. And he missed. At that moment, he missed what Jesus said. And on the third day, be raised. He missed it. He missed the life of Jesus. The power of the resurrection. He missed it. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord.